Hello, and welcome to the July 15 episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on the Partnership for Global Infrastructure Initiative, trade facilitation measures in Angola, business reform measures in Gabon, renewable energy projects in Angola and Portugal, Timor-Leste's first double-tax treaty, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Filipe, over to you. We start this week's episode with news regarding the G7 Summit. At this meeting, leaders of the wealthiest democracies launched the Partnership for Global Infrastructure Initiative with a view to mobilizing $600 billion by 2027 as a lending initiative. The purpose of this partnership is to fund infrastructure projects in developing countries with a particular focus on Africa. The PGII aims at delivering game-changing projects which will in turn enable developing countries to close the infrastructure gap, as well as to strengthen the global economy and supply chains. With the same goal in mind, to promote economic development and improve the living conditions of their populations, African heads of state and government assembled at the World Bank's International Development Association for Africa Summit in Dakar, Senegal. The heads of state kick-started IDA's 20th financing cycle and applauded the World Bank's initiative to allocate a $93 billion financing package with a view to helping all countries supported by the organization in moving towards a greener, more resilient and inclusive direction. During this summit, the leaders restated their commitment to seize key opportunities to address the various crisis situations and lead their economies in a transformative direction. They have also shed some light on the several crises that the continent is facing, notably the COVID-19 pandemic, climate change, food insecurity, armed conflicts in the region, and the war in Ukraine. Additionally, these African leaders approved a call to action for the optimal use of IDA20 resources in order to accomplish their development goals, having particularly committed to, with IDA support, accelerate economic transformation to better respond to future shocks, protect, improve and increase investment in people, speed up energy transition, accelerate digitalization, strengthen response mechanisms to address food security, and step up the implementation of the African continental free trade area. With the goal of streamlining import and export procedures, the Angolan executive proposes to replace various forms used by the economic operators with one single document. The National Committee on Trade Facilitation pointed out that the simplification process will allow for a more effective and concrete supervision at the level of the chain. Additionally, taxpayers will also benefit from this process, as they will not have to fill out several forms all throughout the chain. This new process is expected to come into force in August or September. The Minister for Industry and Trade also noted that implementing the Trade Facilitation Agreement was of the utmost importance, which will require the adoption of several international instruments and practices to facilitate the logistical chain of foreign trade. On another note, the reforms that the Angolan government has been implementing in recent years are expected to attract more foreign investors via the capital markets due to the opening of the Capital and Financial Account, or Conta Capital e Financeira in Portuguese. 
Foreign exchange non-resident entities seeking to invest in Angola must hold a foreign exchange non-resident account opened with a banking institution domiciled in Angola called the Capital Account. All transfer operations to and from a foreign country in connection with the investments made in a country will now be controlled via this account. Still in Angola, the draft legislative authorization law on the special tax regime for Cabinda province was recently approved by the National Assembly. This law is aimed at establishing tax incentives for investors in that region of Angola with a particular focus on reducing the value-added tax. The new rules seek not only to widen the range of products that may benefit from them in respect of customs, but also to improve the domestic taxation regime. This includes a reduction in industrial capital investment and property tax rates. Consequently, the regime now includes taxation both externally, i.e. customs and VAT on imports, and internally with the inclusion of the aforementioned taxes and VAT on the supply of services. Meanwhile, the United Kingdom's ambassador to Angola, Mr. Roger Stringer, expects trade between the two countries to grow considerably thanks to indicators of an economic revival after the detrimental effects of COVID-19. The British diplomat justified his view, highlighting that the credit line of £1 billion, which was made available by British financial institutions to peer Angola institutions, may restore and stimulate bilateral trade. The ambassador also stressed that the diplomatic representation in Angola has been receiving a growing number of inquiries by British companies, which have repeatedly shown great interest in establishing and doing business in the country. On the renewables front, an energy project involving the MCA Group, assisted by Miranda Alliance, and the Ministry of Energy and Water will ensure for this and the next month access to renewable sources of electricity generation to 2.4 million citizens who live mainly in rural areas. In line with the 2018-2022 National Development Plan, MCA has joined forces with the Angolan government in order to invest in clean energy and energy transition based on international best practices, while leading a consortium that also includes Sun Africa from the United States and other partners from the Netherlands, Sweden and South Korea, MCA is implementing a project that is worth over 1 billion euros for the engineering, supply, supervision and construction of seven solar farms with a total capacity of 370 megawatts peak in Bengala, Wambo, Bie, Luanda Nord, Lundasul and Moshiko. In Cape Verde, World Bank Managing Director of Operations, Mr. Axel van Trotzenberg, has recently stated that the World Bank is available to work with the country on a long-term strategic plan. With regard to the prospect of Cape Verde having access to new funding to tackle crisis, van Trotzenberg said that that matter had been discussed with the government and that there may be opportunities for reallocations of additional funding. The World Bank Ma Managing Director of Operations also praised the efforts undertaken by Cape Verde to address the COVID-19 pandemic, emphasizing the high national vaccination rate of above 80% and the timeliness and success of the decisions made by the government in this regard. Over in Gabon, the Minister of Investment Promotion has recently begun a number of meetings with professional organizations in the business community, 
in order to implement a series of measures aimed at improving the business environment in the country. Recently, the government approved a roadmap containing 32 reforms regarding the life cycle of a business, such as indicators for the setting up of companies and businesses, granting of building permits, access to the electricity grid, payment of taxes, property transfer, cross-border trade and trade justice. According to the minister, the insight given by the private sector is essential, since it allows not only for an assessment of the implementation levels of the reform in question, but also to ascertain, based on the statements of professional organizations, any shortcomings that could be included in future reforms. The European Commission has announced that Portugal will receive an extra 1.6 billion euros in grants for the country's recovery and resilience program. The new maximum amount available for grants for the country will now be 15.5 billion euros. The funds come from the Recovery and Resilience Mechanism, the main instrument of Next Generation EU, which, in addition to seeking to overcome the consequences of the pandemic, also aims at investing in the EU's long-term future. In the meantime, the Portuguese Environment Agency has given the green light for a new large solar farm project in the Alentejo region, promoted by Aquila Clean Energy. This solar farm will have an estimated installed capacity of 275 megawatts and will supply clean energy to 141,000 houses from the generation of 596 gigawatts of renewable energy per year. The solar park is expected to become operational next year and will avoid emissions of approximately 477,000 tons of CO2 into the atmosphere every year thus having a very positive effect on reducing the country's carbon footprint. In total, Aquila will be investing 400 million euros in four solar farms in Portugal, two in the Alentejo region, one in Coimbra and another one in Leiria. The Parliament of Timor-Leste ratified the Double Taxation Convention between Portugal and Timor-Leste. This agreement provides for taxation limits regarding certain types of income received by residents of the two countries and aims at preventing tax evasion. According to the government, the Convention's purpose is to contribute to the establishment of a stable and favorable tax framework for the development of trade and investment between the two countries. Now to the Democratic Republic of the Congo, where the government has decided to abolish 14 duties on imports and exports. The Minister of Foreign Trade, Mr. Jean-Lucien Bussatongba, mentioned that he was mandated by the President of the Republic and the Prime Minister to undertake a reform with a view to fostering a business and investment-friendly climate in the country. The government has also decided to lower the rate of 20 levies, while keeping 33 other duties unchanged. Finally, in Senegal, the energy company West African Energy has announced that the 300-megawatt Cap de Biche combined cycle gas power plant will be launched by the end of the year, as 2.5 million tons of liquefied natural gas are set to flow from the West African nation's fields in the next year. Funded to the tune of $349 million by the African Finance Corporation and other financial institutions, the facility has been under construction since March 2021. We hope you enjoy this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back with you in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. 
Please join us then for more news from the 19 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. If you have time, also drop by our website or LinkedIn page, where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Filipe Monteiro from our Lisbon office and Luis Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Hugo Ribeiro from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.